You're listening. No. You're listening to the Buns.com Podcast Network. (laughs) (laughs) Buns, buns, buns. Aloha, I'm Fernando. And I'm Jamie. And this is the Opposite Tastes Podcast. Two Gen Xers who can't be more different sample odd snacks and discuss or argue about pop culture. Of of course, we've got our snack review coming up at the end of our episode. But first, aliens. Yes. uh, By aliens, we mean like extraterrestrials, not... uh, Across the border. Yeah, not illegals. Uh, You know what I'm talking about. Anyway, <laughs> let's get into our sponsors. Jamie, what's, uh, what or who is your sponsor this week? Okay, so I tried to take a page from your playbook and be more thematic. Ooh. You know my sponsors are always like sort of way random. out there. Yeah. Random. Yeah. And yours are very themed with the uh, topic of the day. So my sponsor today is mashed potatoes. Can't get the image of a mountain out of your mind? mashed potatoes could be just what you need. Hmm. Okay. I, it's funny that you did that because I went the opposite route. I said... Random? Yeah. <laughs> I said, oh, I'm always like relating to the theme. I should just... That's why this podcast is such a success. That's why. That's, That's why we get the thousands, exactly. thousands of listeners. Um, our, my sponsor this week is soup. It's food <laughs> that you can drink. Soup. Okay. I know where you got that one. Okay, so question for Jamie. Yeah. Uh, you have a huge watch collection. This is something that I think maybe we've mentioned the, in the podcast before. Have, yeah. mm-hmm. A healthy watch collection. Healthy, robust. Yes, okay. robust. I like that. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, be, and we've talked about this off the mic that I'm sort of starting to look at more watches online now. We've even done it together at some mm-hmm. moments. Mm-hmm. And I'm thinking about expanding my watch collection from two to three. <laughs> Big deal. I'm sorry, I'm just laughing. I should yeah, laugh. <laughs> Single digits. It's very admirable. <laughs> so I just wanted to ask you, on the record, what do you look for in a watch? Uh, specifically, I wanted you to rank these three. Like, what's most important, from most important to least important? Novelty? Functionality? Or price, or I should I would I should say and price. So if you can like rank those from most novelty, important to least. So functionality and price. Yeah. What do you mean by novelty? Novelty like say theme, right? Like say if you liked Charlie Brown watches. You're okay. not caring about how easy it is to read, right? Like you know mm. like sometimes they have those watches that there's like no numbers. You know. Okay. But like, oh, but Woodstock is on it, or, you know, whatever, or Snoopy. Okay, I would say, I would say price is first and foremost in that list. Okay. Because, you know, if it's like out of my price range, then I I won't, you know, it'd have to be very, very special for me to uh, consider buying it if it's, if it's expensive. so price is first, um, novelty second, and functionality is third. Okay. Yeah. 
Interesting, mm -hmm. interesting. Because novelty, when I'm looking for watches, it's a big deal. But if you look at the watches that I have, it's not a big deal. Wait, say that again. <laughs> when I'm looking for watches, okay. I'm looking for themes. Like, okay. like, like you were, we're looking at Batman watches, right? That was fun. Right. And I told you about uh, one day I was searching for the Dick Tracy watch. Mm -hmm. You know, like, so yeah. the, the novelty type of... That, right. That's usually what drives my search. But if you look at the watches that I actually have... The, the ones you end up with? Yeah. It's, it's more not really that novel. Yeah. Right. Novelty is like third, I'd say. Because I think the novelty type of thing that hits you is the dream. That's the dream. Mm, okay. The dreaming sort of phase of it. That's true. The pining. Yeah. And the like, <laughs> oh, this would be fun kind of thing. True. Or, you know, but could you actually see yourself wearing it? Maybe not. So, maybe not. Yeah. yeah. That's true. And maybe they are like a thousand dollars. True. <laughs> something to think about so uh, can I ask you a follow-up question now? sure sure so um, could you say in any sense of, of, of the form that um, I have influenced you in your sudden um, affinity affinity for watches yeah bit? I think so I think excellent. so yeah excellent I, love I that. know because uh, I've affected your life because you're starting to make a lot of lame jokes. And then uh, you're affecting my life because I'm starting to wear watches. <laughs> Questionable number one, because are they lame? I don't know. <laughs> number two, I do have a lame husband also. So. Ah, true. You've got it coming from both sides. Yeah. All right. All right. <laughs> Let's start with some background on aliens. Okay. So again, by aliens, we're talking about extraterrestrial life. So that is life that occurs outside of Earth and that did not originate on Earth. Such hypothetical life might range from simple or comparable life forms to beings with civilizations far more advanced than humanity. The Drake equation speculates about the existence of intelligent life elsewhere in the universe. The science of extraterrestrial life in all its forms is known as exobiology. I think that's good. I have two more paragraphs to go, <laughs> but I think that's pretty good. <laughs> I think people know. I think they get know. it. Yeah, they get it. Do you believe in aliens, Jamie? Um, it's a tough one. That is a tough one. Because, you know, it's like ghosts. I mean, there's nothing been proven. Um, however, if you talk about aliens and as any kind of living life form somewhere out there, there has to be. There has to be. Now, um, the kind of alien that's like bipedal, like two, walking on two legs sure. kind of thing, and able to communicate with us. I'm thinking maybe not, because wouldn't they have, wouldn't we have found them or they found us already? Mm. You know? True. Um, True. Yeah, so I mean, if there's like some kind of amoeba out there, yeah, definitely. But uh, nothing like, like, like the movies True. say. Yeah. yeah. I don't expect any kind of attack. Uh, in the next million years on, on for Earth, at least. So. Oh, good. You heard that? So Jamie thinks we're safe. Yeah, we're so good. don't worry about it. We're good. <laughs> hey, you? I, I would say, of course. Just because of the, the vast expanse of space, mm -hmm. you know? It's, it's ridiculous to think that we're not 
uh, or to think that we're alone, you know, that, that, that we're, even though like the conditions have to be just right for life to exist, mm-hmm. even mm-hmm. that, because there's so many planets mm-hmm. out there, yeah. like it's got to be, it had to have been replicated at some point. The, when I say that, I mean the same type of conditions, right? Mm-hmm. Maybe a little bit hotter, maybe a little bit colder, but somewhere close, right, to us. And, and I do think there's forms that are uh, less complex than us, definitely. Um, I mean, what was it? some kind of probe that went up to space and there were, you know, because someone sneezed or something, there were like tiny little bugs like on that probe and they checked it two years later and the bugs were still alive, you know what I mean? So like stuff can like totally... Was that a probe to Uranus? No. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> it's a probe to Uranus. <laughs> I, don't, I don't believe there's a planet named that. <laughs> but, um, sorry. But yeah, so, uh, but at the same token, I don't think we're the most advanced species out there. Oh, really? Just because, like, what are the odds? What are the odds that we're, like, the most advanced? Like, nah. Nah. I, what would make more sense is that we're somewhere in the middle. Mm. And that's what I want to believe. Okay. Now, do I believe in alien sightings and or encounters? Not necessarily. That's a different, sort of a different can of worms in a way. True, true. Mm. I definitely, I, I really, really am cautious when I hear about uh, the abductions. Mm-hmm. I kind of don't believe the abductions. I've never heard one, I'm like, yeah, maybe that happened. All of them, I'm like, nah, nah. Yeah, they're just good for entertainment. But then when I hear about those stories in the 50s or, you know, whatever, people driving and they see weird stuff, like that kind of stuff, I'm like, yeah, I I believe I would say half of that stuff is true. (laughs) I'm thinking maybe a sixth of them are maybe true. I don't know. Maybe I'm being too generous. Yeah. But I I believe at least a fraction of Mm -hmm. that is, is true. You want to hear what others said? Wow, again, we uh, put the call out, and out of the thousands and thousands that uh, replied, Jamie was able to whittle it down to just a handful. Just plucked you guys out of the hordes that responded. So first off, before we read your your replies, congratulations for making it this far. Yeah, kudos to you guys. Here we go. Just very lucky. Okay, so let's see. one through Facebook is Crystal, our friend Crystal. Uh, she says we can't all be, wait, we can't be all there is. That would be sad. That's all she said. Mm. So she's saying yes. She do it in her voice though. We can't all be sad. <laughs> oh <my God. laughs> Just kidding. Not, uh, no, she, she sounds nothing like that. <laughs> um, and then through Twitter we have at um, uh, Invisible Voice. Uh, she says, of, co- of course there are. Aliens, aliens is a very vague term. Uh, aliens could be microorganisms, plants, or animals. I believe they exist, but they haven't visited Earth. Okay, so thank you to you. Oh, so not a believer in the men in black plot. Oh, uh, maybe not, maybe yeah. not. Now, also on Twitter, we had David. He replied, yes, there are aliens in outer space. Not the summer silly season kind. There are just too many stars and planets out there, and the laws of physics and chemistry pretty much lead to life everywhere. Very profound, David. Thank you. Yeah, I agree. 
so that's what we got as far as uh, who believes in aliens. Mm -hmm. Now we're moving on to fun alien facts. Maybe some things you didn't know about the world of alien or studies of aliens or maybe aliens in pop culture. Mm -hmm. So I believe we have like three facts each. I did three, yeah. I did three as well. Awesome. All right. Should we just go back and forth then? Let's go back and forth. Okay, you go first. Like a seesaw. Okay, so my first one is uh, in the Gremlins movie, 1984, the main Mogwai creature Gizmo is voiced by none other than uh, Jonathan Winters. Howie Mandel. Oh, yeah, that would have been my second choice. <laughs> I think if you took a little time to think about sure. it, you would have come up with it. Sure. Now we did sort of talk about this off, off air, that well, is Gremlins an actual alien? movie right because so, i was saying that um mm -hmm. the, uh, my argument is that it's chinese that it's from like some deep uh forest in china that, yes uh, yeah but you know research always sort of disproves you so um <laughs> i did my research oh, and okay. you know how i don't know if they do it nowadays really that much but in like the 70s 80s when they do a movie that's fairly popular they do a novelization so they contract someone to write a novel based on the uh, movie, if there isn't already a book on, you know, that right. it's based on. Right. So they did that for Gremlins, and in the novelization, they um, uh, they specified that the Magwai were created by an alien scientist. And then planted in China, in a deep forest. But they were aliens. <laughs> True, true. But you know, I, I maybe still, they landed on in China somewhere. In China, thank yeah. you, thank you. Still doesn't make you right. I know, but at least I want to get some type of Chinese origin out of this. Oh, okay, sure. Yeah. I think Mr. Wing, the um, proprietor of the Gremlins, was also featured in Gremlins 2. Did you see Gremlins 2? I did. It's when they're in New York. So I think Mr. Wing made an appearance of, of some kind? Did he? I don't know, that's what I read. Oh. I don't know, I didn't see it. And he's the creator, so that's the equivalent of like Stan Lee appearing in a Marvel film? Is that what you're saying? No. What? Are you saying the character or the guy? The, the character, Mr. Oh, Wing, like... that sold oh, the Mogwai to oh, okay. the kid. Yeah, I'm not sure if he appears. Apparently he did. It really it... doesn't matter though. Does that actor appear in uh, any other like classic 80s films, do you know? The Chinese guy? Yeah. Was he in Big Trouble in Little China? I think he is one of those famous um, character act, Chinese character actors that always appears and stuff. I forget his name though. Yeah. But we know who he is. I I just don't know his name. Okay. Because I could see him in that Yellow Gang, you know. The what? The gang they have all the yellow bandanas and stuff, you know. In Big Trouble in Little China, there's that. I, I actually didn't really see that. Don't you dare. Sorry. I know you don't like stupid films, but that's not stupid. That is, like, very important. I know. Ugh. All right. Moving on. My first fact. Uh, the National Atomic Testing Museum has the first and possibly only Area 51 Museum. Area 51, myth or reality? Which I've Where been to. Where is this? Where is this? In Nevada. Okay. Yeah. So the actual uh, National Atomic Testing Museum is actually pretty good. But this uh, Area 51 part of the museum, it's very shoddy. Oh, damn. Yeah. It's, it's, uh... Maybe I've just put some effort into I've it. I've seen haunted houses with better production. 
on the, in the neighborhood sort of thing. Yeah, but that's what it feels like. They're, I think it's kind of like a haunted house except with aliens. Damn it. Yeah. Does it sort of make it fun though? That it's that shoddy? Yeah, it was kind of fun. Once you lower if, your expectations. If I drove just... all the way to there just for that Area oh, 51 museum, I'd, I'd be... Yeah. But I think it was a whole deal. They were like... Because I really enjoyed the, the National Atomic Testing Museum portion. Okay. I think it was just a little bit extra, like an add-on charge to also check out the Area 51. Have a little chuckle. I yeah, guess. yeah. So I was thinking of visiting there last time I went, but... Didn't happen. Are you going again soon? Oh no. Oh. We're, we always go like every five years. So. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. Okay. So, what's your next fact? My next one is, according to Wikipedia, the first reported UFO sighting could have been in Egypt in 1440 BC. I believe it. According to the disputed Tuli Papyrus, the scribes of the Pharaoh Tutmose the Third reported that fiery discs were encountered floating over the skies. And then they made the pyramids, boom. Before or after, something like that. Something like that, Uh yeah. Yeah. Pyramids. Made some sandcastles. Pyramids, sphinx, all of that shit. Mm -hmm. They did it, it's them, aliens. Okay, so in 2015, Tom DeLonge, or DeLong, of uh, Blink-182, you familiar with Blink-182? You, you have told me about them. Yeah. So he was uh, one of the singers, guitar player in the band. Yeah. And he left the band and founded the To the Stars Academy of Arts and Sciences. <laughs> Basically, he's always been a big conspiracy theorist and all of that, okay. very into UFOs. Uh-huh. Um, but yeah, the To the Stars Academy of Arts and Sciences, it's an organization for the study of UFOs and extraterrestrial life. In a 2018 financial statement filed with the SEC, the company reported that it has incurred losses from operations and has accumulated a deficit as of June 30, 2018, of $37 million. Uh, these factors raised doubt that the uh, company's ability to continue um, might be is feasible or not feasible, I should say, and it's a concern. Yeah. But anyway, okay, maybe something you didn't know. I didn't, that's for sure. (laughs) What else you got? Okay, so my third and last one is, uh, according to, this is funny, according to Steven Spielberg, he is waiting for George Lucas to admit that the Marvin the Martian uh, Looney Tunes Mm -hmm. design was the influence for for Darth Vader from Lucas's Star Wars. Oh, (laughs) jeez. That is ridiculous. It's funny, though. It's funny. Yeah. Dumb, though. <laughs> okay. Okay, moving on. That's my uh, my Marvin. Not yeah, bad. Work. Yeah. Uh, on t- September 30th, 2006, the French Center for National Space Studies beamed Cosmic Connection. It's a TV program aimed at extraterrestrials at a sun-like star called Eri 45. Oh, it's called Eri. It's 45 light years from Earth. So the video <laughs> should reach them in 2051. Wow. That's patient, Cosmic man. connection. I just wish, uh, I don't know. Is it, I mean, mm-hmm. if it's a television show to represent all of humanity, mm-hmm. I 
got to be good, right? Wow. Is it uh? You know what they should just do? They should just send out an episode of Everybody, Everybody Loves Raymond. I'm so, I was thinking Mash, maybe. No. Episode Mash. No. Frasier, maybe. Maybe Cheers. That's more universal. Yeah. Like, oh yeah. Cause it's happy. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Definitely not heroes. You know. Um, never, never mind. <laughs> Okay, let's move on. Okay, that's our facts. <laughs> so on to our favorite alien film. Mm-hmm. What do you got, Jamie? Okay, so I got one, and then I have... Uh, Some honorable f- mentions? Four honorable mentions. Oh, and my I'll gosh. Just, I'll just... One second per... Give me four seconds. Read every film in the world. No. Okay, so uh, it's E.T., the extraterrestrial. 1982, produced and directed by Spielberg. Stars Henry Thomas, D. Wallace, P- Peter Coyote, Drew Barrymore. It surpassed Star Wars to be the highest-grossing film in history, and they held that record for, eight, for 11 years until Jurassic Park, another Spielberg creation, right? Damn. That's Spielberg. That's a good feeling. He's kind of rich, yeah? Spielberg, he's kind of rich. Kind of, yeah. Just a smidge. Yeah. Smidge rich. I think he can afford, like, a Mercedes, maybe, maybe one. Maybe two. Uh, I think he could buy a dealership. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. And I chose that because that was, I think that was the first truly blockbuster alien movie that I watched and, and that I loved. It was mm. just so like, you know, you're just blown away by it. And then uh, that was when the Waikiki 1 and 2 theaters yep. was still up. Yep. And I remember I I I, um, I saw it first. I get maybe with my family, and then I then I told my friend, "Oh, let's go see that." And so we went, took the bus, um, brought her little sister too, and then so I was just sitting there with them, and I'm just enjoying it because I know exactly what's gonna happen. Uh-huh. And then I hear them like sobbing. It was one of those sad oh, sad parts. Yeah. I hear them like sobbing and like. Wiping their nose and stuff. That's, I was just so happy. <laughs> oh, so my. Oh, sorry. Cool. No, I was just gonna say I'm glad you enjoyed it so much, just because uh, it freaked me out. Like if if I was sobbing during that my viewing of ET is because I was horrified that. Maybe because you're so young. Yeah. Yeah, because I was over ten mm, already. Right. Know? Right. So. Um. Okay. So real quickly, my honorable mentions. Uh, Independence Day, 1996. Men in Black, 97. Mm. Uh, they Live, 88. Have you seen that? No. I think Rod- Roddy Piper was in it. That's, maybe that's why I heard of it. Yeah, you should see it. Okay. It's kind of bad, but it's kind of good. It's, it's so bad that it's good, mm. you know? Yes. And then um, the last one is Invasion of the Body Snatchers. I haven't seen the 56 version, but I have seen the 78 version. Freaked me the hell out. Scared me. It still scares me to this day when I think about it. Um, anyway, yeah. So it's like uh, abductions gone wrong or gone violent? It's like aliens and then they um, sort of planted themselves. It's like a plant, uh-huh. alien plant sort of thing. And then eventually they, um, they uh, grow pods. These plants grow pods. And then these pods turn out to be clones of people. Whoa. And then they're like, and then they're not the people, you know, so yeah. they're carrying out everyday stuff, 
but has these aliens that look like real people. Wow. Yeah, it's just, it's, that is kind of freaky. It is. And what year was that? Uh, there was one in 56 and 78. Wow, it's pretty, yeah, especially for back then, that's pretty dark. Yes. So those are all of them? That's Mine, yeah. Okay, so my favorite is Predator. Okay, 1987. Mm -hmm. uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger, obviously, as a leader of the uh, elite army rescue team. They're on a mission to save hostages in a guerrilla-held territory in Central America. Uh, Kevin Peter Hall co-stars as the Predator, who is a technologically, te technologically advanced space alien, monster spying, stalking, and hunting the main characters. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's good stuff. Mm -hmm. um, very unique, you know, as far as uh, had like that snake vision, that heat sensing type of vision. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I thought yeah. that was very different, you mm -hmm. know. I didn't really develop a, a liking for Predator until they, he, he did the um, he. <laughs> it's like he's a he, it's like a, it's a guy, it's a guy, you know. Um, until there was that uh, Alien versus Predator movie. And then oh, you really? sort of start rooting for a predator. True. You know. True. 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 And then he 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 didn't hook up. <laughs> he um developed like not a friendship but like a an alliance with a human to to battle aliens. So. So something humanistic about yes, that. Yes, a very sympathetic sort of yeah bent on it. Mm -hmm. I really like the back then. I was really into army and you know guns and all that kind of stuff. So mm. that's why I think I really like the film too. Is that right. I wasn't so much into space and aliens back then, so, but it, it kind of introduced that into my world of the stuff that I did. Yeah, like, and it so. didn't even take place on in outer space. Anyway, no, it was in so. the jungle, which yeah. is what got me excited. I'm like, yeah, well, this is crazy. Yeah. Lots of bugs. Yeah, a lot of bugs. A lot of guns. So that was my favorite. That was pretty funny. He had his moments, some funny moments too. Yeah. Yeah. Mars Attacks, that's my honorable mention, 1986. Why am I not surprised? <laughs> you saw this one, right? Kind of, kind of. What I didn't know that it. it was based on the, the trading card series, Mars mm -hmm. Attacks. Mm -hmm. It does kind of have that look to it, doesn't it? Yeah, that uh, just very bright and mm -hmm. that, that 50s nostalgia mm -hmm. sci-fi yeah. aspect to it, yeah. But I mean, what's ridiculous about this film is how many stars are in it. Yeah. Can I just read off a, a few? Sure. Jack Nicholson, Glenn Close, Annette Bening, Pierce Brosnan, Danny DeVito, Martin Short, Jack Black, Sarah Jessica Parker, Michael J. Fox, uh, Rod Steiger, or Steiger? Steiger. Steiger. Pam Greer, Ray J, Tom Jones, <laughs> uh, Natalie Portman, Jim Brown. Uh, Lisa Marie Smith, Brandon Hammond, Sylvia Sidney. Okay, now you're getting to people that we don't know, so <laughs> stop. Start mentioning the grips on the film. <laughs> Catering, catered by. <laughs> Another one that I liked was Signs, 2002. Stone with Mel Gibson. Oh, right. And okay. that Shyamalan. I did see that. That old Shyamalan twist. Shyamalan. A former. Episcopal priest named Graham Hess, played by Mel Gibson, who discovers a series of crop circles in his cornfield. What I liked about this one is that you don't see the alien, really. You only see the hand. Mm, makes it more frightening in a way. Yeah. yeah. It's way more scary when you can't see it. Yeah. So that's what I enjoyed. Okay. Too. Those are my favorite alien films. 
on to favorite alien TV shows. We have we have picked one. Sorry, we have picked one special listener. Oh, okay, okay, go who, ahead. Who who shared with us her favorite uh, t- uh, favorite alien movie? Oh, okay, go ahead. And that's again our friend Crystal. Mm. She was a lucky person there. She liked Batteries Not Included, 1987. Batteries Not Included. Did you see that? Who was in it again? I don't know. Oh. I didn't see it either. <laughs> I'm trying to think. It sounds familiar. Is it in the 80s? Yeah. Yeah, 87. Batteries Not Included. Okay, I looked it up okay. and oh, now I forget what it was about. A toy? A toy that's something derived from space. Never mind. Oh, she's gonna give us crap. But I've heard of the movie. You know, it's well known enough. Yeah. And kudos to you, Crystal. Thank you very much. Yeah. Awesome job, Crystal. (laughs) Congratulations. Favorite alien TV shows. What is your favorite? There are there are a few, but the one that truly made me. Smile when I thought about it. Sure. Star Trek: The Next Generation. Mm. Oh, The Next Generation. Yeah. 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 Because That's that was my time, you know. Right was your time. time? Yeah. Was that your favorite out of all the Star Trek? Yeah. What's your second? Yeah. Um, the next one, the. Um... Deep Space Nine. No, the other one. Voyager. Yeah, Voyager. Oh. Mm-hmm. Where does a uh, classic Star Trek fall in for you? As far as like, if you had to rank all the Star Treks, all the incarnations. Yeah, yeah. Even the Scott Bakula one, which I don't even know what that is. Yeah, no, it would be, it'd be like third or fourth. Mm. It'd be after, you know, uh, Next Generation, Voyager, DS9, eh, I don't know. It'll be, maybe it'll be battling, DS9 would be battling the original for me. I enjoyed DS9 because that was more my time. Mm-hmm. But then at the same time, there were it was a space station. Mm-hmm. They're not like going out so much. Right, they're not traveling. Yeah. You know, they have a bartender. Yeah. <laughs> it's almost like uh, they do less traveling than the love boat. You know what I mean? No, it's but I like, mean, uh, Next Generation like, had a bartender too, right? Yeah, Whoopi. that's true. Yeah, yeah, that's true. But they're, uh, I don't know. It's like they're running a hotel or something. You know, that's like <laughs> Yeah, I mean, they just had, they had some interesting characters. Yeah. But, um, it's like taxi, but in space. <laughs> I don't know. It's just. It's, it's like Newhart, but in space. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of stupid, right? Uh. It's just another, another take on. Something in space, I guess. Star Trek was actually my uh, my honorable mention. The original classic Star Trek. Yeah. For um, for favorite alien TV shows. Okay. Uh, 1990. I'm sorry. 1966 to 1969. Just three years, and it launched a whole world. Isn't that crazy? Mm. But my favorite was uh, the Orville. Right. Was and is. Is. And will always be. And of and of. As of next year, probably was. No way! No way! Orville is so good. It just survived, right? Just survived renewing the season. Why do you say that? Why do you say just survived? Because I I saw a list of all, like, stuff that were renewed, stuff that were, like, in danger. 
stuff that were canned, and I think it was in danger. It, that doesn't matter because it would be picked up somewhere else. It's that good. It's just like Brooklyn Nine-Nine, that got cut and then it got saved. That is a very specific situation. It happens all the time. No, it doesn't. <laughs> to good shows, anyway. Um, do you have any other honorable mentions, by the way? No. Sorry. My other one is Futurama. Oh, you, oh I, know you, I didn't know you watched that. Yeah. Oh, I did. Oh, you did. Not towards the tail end. Still going on, right? No. Oh. 2013. So whatever, whenever I flip through the channels, it's all high, um, reruns? Yeah. Oh, okay. 99 to, to 2013. It's a long run, though. Mm. For sure. That's why it's like syndication. It's like a ton of episodes. I see. Yeah. Um, I, I did write down the uh, the description of in case you weren't familiar with it. No, but, please okay. don't. Okay. <laughs> okay, our listeners, we picked um, Crystal. No, no just kidding. <laughs> this time, no, she didn't get the, make the cut. <laughs> she didn't make the cut. Uh, I have three three of our treasured listeners. Um, Ash. We oh, love Ash. We still Ash. Love Ash. Listener we number one. Uh, <laughs> the first one that ever listened to us. Yes. He says, Superman is my favorite alien, so I'm going with Krypton ah. on sci-fi. I think they introduced some interesting characters while building off the original comic. Okay. Yeah, I haven't seen I haven't Krypton seen it yet. either. No. Sounds interesting, though. Yeah. And uh, great job on choosing that as your alien. It's kind of not what you think of, you know, an alien. But he is. But yeah. he is. But he yeah. is. People kind of... Uh, discount that. that, yeah, yeah. yeah. All right, and then uh, Mark, my my uh, my friend Mark, he says, I don't know if I call it my favorite, but for some reason the first show that popped up into my head when I started question was V. I was totally thinking of that earlier this mm. this recording. And he said the '80s V, to be clear. Yes, yes I also agree. Yes, the Mark Singer one. Although I did watch the um, the that, newer one. The newer one. Mm -hmm. It was on like iTunes or something like back in the day, and they were offering it for free or something. So I watched like a bunch of those episodes. Yeah. It wasn't bad, but the '80s one—that's yeah. It's it still tops that, right? Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. And then third, uh, uh, David, uh, he chimed in. He says, "My favorite Martian is his favorite alien TV show." Ah. And that was a good. That was a good show. I did see it. Some some of it. I've never seen it. It's black and white. Oh. Sorry, only color for me. <laughs> anyway. Okay. Any others? No. Yeah, the rest didn't make the cut. Sorry. Yeah. Next time. Axed. Yeah. Favorite alien of all time. Yeah. So this could be in film, TV. Anything. Uh, comic book. Mm -hmm. Song, mm -hmm. even. Mm -hmm. But anyway. So um, mine is, um, because I, it, I just smile and chuckle when I think about him, it's Marvin the Martian. Marvin the Martian. Mm. Looney Tunes, uh, he's a Looney Tunes character. He first appeared in 1948. Uh, and interesting enough, the um, Looney Tunes people, they were trying to create sort of an opposite character to Yosemite Sam. Okay. You know, because you got the, the sort of the hero Bugs Bunny, right? right? And these antagonists. So one of them was Yosemite Sam, but he's like 
totally volatile. Right. You know, like, uh, you know, uh, rootin', tootin', you know, whatever. Shooting. So they wanted to create an opposite character who was more calm, more soft-spoken, but say still another character, dangerous. another antagonist character. Yes, okay. but still dangerous. And so they came up with Marvin the Martian. My only thing about Marvin the Martian is that the way his the way that he's dressed mm-hmm. has a little bit of Roman, yeah, right type yeah. of influence. Yeah. So why would a why would an alien be dressed like someone <laughs> from know. Earth? I don't know. I don't know. Maybe to um, because it's familiar. They needed something familiar, you know. <laughs> Because, I mean, if you just make dress him like, like the Great Gazoo or something, you know. Uh, actually, he's another one. I he's another one. I could have picked him. See, his garb is actually very space. Very right? space. It's very Jetson-like. But he's not that likable, so. No. No. You know why? He's a know-it-all. Yeah. Dumb-dumb. <laughs> he does pretty good. Yeah, that's pretty good. <laughs> but, yeah, why dress like a... I don't know, like a Greek soldier or a Spartan or whatever. I mean, those guys didn't even wear pants. So like, if you're going to, like, emulate some type of warrior from Earth, you might as well go with one that says... Well, at least it does sort addressed. of pose him as a warrior type, you know, some kind of warlike true. Uh, image. True, true. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We're getting way too deep into Marvel. Okay, Russia. you go. <laughs> Pizza the Hut is mine. From Spaceballs. Okay. Did you know that he was played by Dom DeLuise? No. Yeah. Makes sense, though. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I don't I mean just, to be insulting. I, think I, just... I just really love pizza. And I think... <laughs> I mean, yes, it's a totally like Star Wars spoof. But there, there's still a great deal of... I think uh, originality and creativity to create Pizza the Hut. Yeah. Okay. And I like uh, I like that you can take a bite out of him, and you can? He's, and he's totally okay. Yeah, because in Spaceballs, there's that other villain who's like that Max Hedrum kind of looking guy, and both of them are on screen at the same time, and they're talking to the Spaceballs guys, uh, and then they're like. That that Max Hedrum kind of guy like leans over and takes a bite, and they're still talking and laughing. Oh, it's totally fine. So he's cool. He's cool with it, and that says that maybe he just regenerates. Maybe he's created to be something that you take a bite of. Maybe that's his purpose. Maybe one of his purposes. Maybe. Okay. What's kind of world I want to live in? Not like I care or anything, but you know. Okay. Favorite alien-themed music? Yeah. I The obvious choice for me was The Carpenters. Uh, the song is called Calling Occupants of Interplanetary Craft. And so I, I looked more into it. I mean, I've, I've loved it since, I don't know, since I first heard it, like in the 80s maybe. Yeah, you played it for me once, right? Yeah. But it was written and recorded at first by a Canadian oh, yeah. rock group. How go. thematic there. Rush. No. Called Klaatu. Oh. Okay. And you know, Klaatu is the character in the day the Earth stood still. Of course. I have no idea, but yeah. of course. Um, the day the Earth stood still was a movie made in 
I'm sorry, I didn't even write that down. Okay, the Klaatu, the group, wrote and recorded the song in 76. Uh, one year later, 77, the Carpenters covered it, and that's when it reached te- top 10 in UK and Canada. Ah, see, she, she was the missing element. Need some of that sweet character. Carpenter. They, they were, let's not forget Richard. Eh. <laughs> I mean, he was there for sure. He was. He arranged but, it, so you know. Mm, arranging. He's a pretty good arranger. Yeah. Okay, and then I also um, noted that the group Klaatu was inspired to write the song because of World Contact Day, which was first declared in 1953, and um, uh, I guess they sent a message into space, and the mess. The text of the message started with calling occupants of interplanetary craft. World Contact Day still exists today and is observed on May f- March 15 and for the whole week of. Wow. Mm-hmm. Did not know that. Me neither. That's another uh, fact, another fun fact there. I always slip that in there. Whew, very, very uh, sleuth of you. <laughs> sleuth and stealth. Yes. Yeah. Any other music you got? That's it. My top pick. A little obvious, but David Bowie, Space Oddity, 1969. Mm-hmm. The song is about the launch of Major Tom, a fictional astronaut who was released during a period of great interest in space flight. And he was a cat, right? He was a space cat? Or something. Yeah. yeah. Major Tom. Tom. Tom Cat? Yeah. Anyway, go on. Sorry. The United States Apollo 11 mission would launch five days later and become the first manned moon landing another five days after that, supposedly. Mm-hmm. Supposedly. Mm-hmm. Do you believe in them? I'm sorry, I was spacing out what? <laughs> I was just checking. <laughs> Busted. <laughs> Do you believe we landed on the moon? Are you one of those consu- uh, of conspiracy theorists? I ain't no... You ain't no tinfoil hat wearing... Yeah, I... You know, Red yarn making. I have no patience for conspiracy theories. <laughs> Prove it to me, and then I'll believe it. But that's about it. All right. Yeah. There you go. Honorable mention, Mugrak, or Mugrak, greatest classical hits by Les Baxter. Actually, Les Baxter, he did like a bunch of cool space albums. So if you could make like, um, cause I think Les Baxter, he's known better for his like lounge kind of jazz music, but he also has like some cool like quirky like 50s sci-fi-esque uh, instrumentals. Mm-hmm. So another great one is uh, Space Escapade. I was listening to all afternoon. But okay. yeah, that's another good one. So check out the Maybe cover. Maybe we can um, put some of those in our notes. Doesn't that look wacky? Yeah. That just looks fun. It does. It does. It's good stuff. I think that's what I got for music. Is that all of them? That's all I got. Are we all done with aliens? Yes. Well, almost. Sort of. Sort of. <laughs> but we are on to Who Would Win? This week for Who Would Win, it is E.T. versus Elf. Battle of the Aliens. Mm-hmm. We just figured those were the two top aliens yeah. that you could Pin against each other that are so much. There's plenty that we could pin against. We could throw the predator in there and then we could just call it a day. Exactly. But that wouldn't be fun now, would it? (laughs) Here's the tale of the tape for E.T. According to the film's novelization, E.T. is over 10 million years old. 
Most of the full body puppetry was performed by a, a two foot, 10 inch tall stuntman. So E.T. is therefore 210. Did you also oh, know I that? I saw that he was like around three something. Three. Yeah, that's in the, in the novel. I think they talk more about that. But uh, did you know that the scenes in the kitchen were done using a 10 year old boy who was born without legs? Wow. Yeah. So we know E.T. is around between 210 and 3. Okay. 3 and some change. Um, as far as special skills, I mean, he's a botanist. Yeah. Um, he can levitate balls. <laughs> That's a talent. <laughs> yeah. Depends on who you ask. Yeah. <laughs> um, and of course, like in the movie, he can demonstrate his powers by reviving uh, dead chrysanthemums. So he can revive dead plants. Can he re? Can he revive? He didn't revive like a bird or something. Did he? I don't know. It's been a while since I've seen the movie. Maybe. So you could possibly bring things back from the dead. Yeah. It's quite a superpower. Elf. And he likes Reese's Pieces. Oh yeah, yeah. That's not really. I mean, that's more of like a, a detriment though, because you could he could easily be lured. <laughs> you know, Alpha's gonna leave a, you know, like a Roadrunner and Coyote type of stuff, you know, like leave a bunch of, like a, a trail of Reese's Pieces, yeah. and then uh, he's just following that shit, and then also leads him under an anvil or something, you know, booby traps. No, but everyone has him. things that they can be lured with. True. Like Alf, you could put cats, right? Because exactly. he eats cats. But let's exactly. talk more about Alf. Considerably younger than E.T., only 285 years old. He also is about three feet tall. Yep. His uh, power skill officially is Melmachian hiccups, but I don't know what those hiccups do. But here's some background. He attended Melmac High School for 112 years, where he majored in software and pedestrian crossing. He was captain of a uh, Bolia baseball team. And in college, Alf majored in physical education. So, as far as uh, Melmachians go, he's a uh, he's a physically adept individual. Although so, he doesn't look it. He doesn't look it, yeah. but for his species, he could be like, you know, Terry Crews or something. No. <laughs> he could be. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. He could be. Okay. So, let's start the battle. Okay. I'm picking Alf because Alf can, you know, he has like, you know, legs. So, you know, that's... <laughs> they both have legs, just, you know, how just, short. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> He's way more mobile than E.T. The only thing is like, E.T. can possibly, perhaps, levitate himself. Mm-hmm. And heal himself, perhaps? Yeah, but he is a botanist, so he's kind of a nerd. But mm -hmm. he is a nature nerd, so I don't know. A little bit more cred. I think, you know, a botanist can has, have, like, um, secret skills, you know, like... True, you know, but you got to wait till... Poisonous plants. Uh, and, yeah. You know. So that's more premeditation type of thing. Oh, yeah. Alf is more of, like, a jock. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, you know, no matter what we say, uh, I'm going to choose E.T. because I just cannot choose an opponent that eats cats. Funny, because no I'm uh, choosing Elf specifically because he eats cats. No, I'm kidding. Um. And that's all we have for the podcast. Uh, no more episodes. 
Hope you enjoyed it. It's been a fun ride. It's been a good year. <laughs> All right, so you're choosing E.T. Yeah. What would be E.T.'s finishing move, at the very least? What are you going to say? I'm thinking how, how that, finish that, him off? that finger that glows yeah. can also be a weapon. Oh, and so okay. he just touches, yes, just touch off and it'll just like burn to a crisp or something. Mm. Yeah. Okay, okay. I would say uh, in mine, it would be like E.T. points his finger out, that weird funny finger. Uh -huh. And then, like, three o'clock high, like, Elf grabs that finger and just, like, uh, pushes it back and breaks it, like, and then punches him out. You ever see three o'clock high? No. Oh. Anyway, the guy breaks his finger, mm -hmm. which is crazy. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I say Elf, you say E.T., it's off as a taste. What do you want? <laughs> On to the snack review. Snacky snack time. Time for the snack review. This week, don't worry, we're back to Kit Kats. I know, you're all crazy. <laughs> I don't mind you doing those crazy Japanese snacks, but why don't you get into the Kit Kats, son? Here we are, back to the Kit Kats. Of course, it's from Japan. Of course, Jamie brought it over. And uh, what type of Kit Kats are we doing? Uh, this is um, butter flavor Kit Kat. Butter-flavored Kit Kat. Butter Assuming that I butter's in all Kit Kats, but this one just brings it to the forefront. Yeah. And, and this um, one you got from the Chocolatorium? Got it from the Chocolatory, no, not oh, okay. Chocolatorium. Because the Chocolatorium is like, it fits a thousand more people than the Chocolator. Well, the Chocolatorium is when you eat, eat so much Kit Kat that you go crazy. Oh, so oh you, and you to, get you admitted, committed to committed the, to the uh, uh, Chocolatorium. chocolatorium. Yeah. In a straight jacket. <laughs> um, and like I sort of mentioned before, the Chocolatory, they are exclusive Kit Kat stores that opened fairly recently in Japan. Um, and they basically have gourmet Kit Kats. You can find Kit Kat flavors um, made from cacao grown in various parts of the world, like the Philippines, Vanuatu, and New Guinea. And I'm sure that lends like its own little twist on the, on the flavor. Oh, yeah. Depends on where it's grown, right? Yeah. Okay. Probably makes it, um, allows them to charge more <laughs> to, up, to up the price. Anyway. So last time we did the, I think it was the Sakura type of uh, the pistachio raspberry Kit Kats. It came in a special box. These ones came in a box, but kind of like a, a butter shaped box. Yeah, like a block of butter. Yeah, like a mm -hmm. block of butter. That'd be cool if like, you pull it out and you have to... I don't know how you do it. Oh, you know, kind of like uh, like a butter, like a stick of butter, and you break pieces off from the butter. I don't or know. You, or like some a sleeve, solid block. Like a sleeve. And you have a, to you have to cut it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like they're separated, but they're all linked at the bottom. You know what I mean? So you have to you have to take your special like oh. Kit Kat knife and then like break so the pieces off. Name. Yeah, you like that, mm. huh? You like that. <laughs> Gonna draw it out, send it to Kit Kat. <laughs> You can send me some yen for that one. <laughs> okay, so white chocolate again. Um, yes. Full white on this, as you would, cons well, I guess off-white, because it's butter. Mm -hmm. you, can, of, you can see the wafers on yeah. the meat, though. Um, smelling that. Ooh, smells creamy. Smells creamy oh, and yeah. dreamy. Uh, There's a little bit of a butter or sugar smell. Crazy sweet is what I'm predicting. Mm. Almost perfumey. Am I just smelling way too hard? 
Maybe. I've never had a butter snack, I think. This is interesting. Yeah. Hmm. I'm just gonna bite into Someday it. Someday we will have Smell-O-Vision on our uh, Facebook page. Yeah. <laughs> just scratch the screen. Yeah. All right. Okay. Cheers. Ding. Wow, super creamy. Mm. Sweet, definitely sweet, but not like, oh my gosh, sweet. Not overpowering, but pretty sweet. Uh, a definite butter taste to it. Yeah, because it's not just like a straight vanilla or like white chocolate type of thing. There's, you can tell there's more to it. Mm -hmm. There's more to it. Mm -hmm. Wow. It's pretty cool. I think this has to be the creamiest Kit Kat mm -hmm. I've had. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. I'd put this one maybe in my top ten. Not in my top five. But definitely top ten. Really? Yeah. What would this go with? Coffee. Black. Mm. Like a very bitter black coffee. And then there was a dark roast. You said you're saying something about there was a thing about coffee with butter, right? Oh yeah, keto. Mm. The keto diet. Mm. Yeah, the keto guys would love this. Mm. Wow. Man. Yeah, I'm gonna have to give this um, five out of six sticks of butter. Okay, you took my unit of measure. Oh, nice. But, um, let's see. <sighs> okay. Uh, maybe Mrs. Buttersworth? Mrs. What? Butterworth? No, 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 I'll just do something. Maybe okay. Just sticks of butter? Um, I'll do like, um, let's see, five out of six? Five out of six? Okay, yeah, five out of six butter churns. Ah. Old fashioned y. Butter churns. Maybe not, and when you say churns, that means just one one pump, right? Not not the full churning machine. No, the full the, wooden five, machine. Oh, I thought you mean like five motions. One, two, three, four, five. The churnings. Five churns. No. <laughs> Maybe that's just something I want to see. Yeah. You in the old time colonial how you outfit. Do that. Or, yeah, me neither. Because I'm not sure how you do that. I didn't, I didn't go for that. Okay. But I know... Vaguely, what it looks like. Yeah, sure. it's kind of like conical. Not conical. Anyway. Like a basin with a stick. That's what I think. Some, yeah. A wash Almost tub like a with mochi, a stick. Multi pounding, you know? Yeah, sure. Anyway. Anyway. Okay. And there you have it. Two more episodes of this third season of the podcast. Crazy. Nuts. Crazy. Insane. Be sure to like and subscribe to the Opposite Taste Podcast on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. Connect with us on Facebook at facebook.com slash Opposite Tastes Podcast and follow us on Twitter at Opposite Tastes. And we also got that Facebook group, Opposite Tastes mm -hmm. Podcast Fans Group. <laughs> I don't know what it's called. But, you know, <laughs> hey, just start typing Opposite Tastes and some shit pops up and click on it, yo. Oh, I gotta say, it's easy. It's easy, uh -huh. and then you could be one again of the many thousands that gets read on this 
crazy show we do. Yeah, so look out for the posts. Gotta look, look out for out the for questions. Yeah. And chime in. Please. Keep hoping, keep dreaming. <laughs> Reach for the stars. Reach for the stars. And beyond where the aliens are, maybe. Pew, pew, pew. Yeah. All right. <laughs> Bye. Bye.